You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hey friends, welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical backward-ass ideals we have right here in the United States. This is episode 84 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg, but he's in Los Angeles this week, so you've got just me. We're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts too. So this episode is a bit of a departure from our normal style of conversation. This week, you'll be hearing a candid talk between sexuality educators Jim and Nikki Eborn, Dirty Lola, and myself. It's very much a fly-on-the-wall sort of conversation, and yep, you got it, you're the fly. You see, okay, here's how it all started. This thing happened on Twitter. And I can hear you now. I can hear you. You're like, oh, Lord, we're about to be dragged into some Twitter drama bullshit, aren't we? No, American fuckers. It's not like that. So the thing that was brought up on Twitter was simply a jumping off point to a reoccurring theme that's come up in the sex educator community again and again and again. And listeners, if you're not part of the sex ed community, this still applies to you. This theme that I'm talking about comes up in lots of different communities in lots of different conversations. What started in this instance as a debate about sex toy materials brought to the surface undercurrents of paternalism, white savior complex, white feminism, the importance of educational psychology, harm reduction versus avoidance, anti-blackness in liberal communities, and all sorts of different things. It is a lot. So a little background might be necessary here. We talk in this episode about body safe versus unsafe or toxic sex toys. Going back and listening to episode 70 of American Sex Podcast, it's called How to Find the Perfect Sex Toy, is a great primer for some of the things that we talk about in this episode. And I know if you're like, ain't nobody got time for that, because I know. Here's the short version. This is what you need to know. So sex toys are not regulated by any governmental agency. That means they could contain chemicals that are super harmful and bad for your body. This also means manufacturers can lie on their packaging and tell you a toy is made of a super, super duper safe material when it's absolutely not. As a result, if you go back about a decade ago, a lot of sex toys were made of substandard materials, and one of the most mo- notorious was jelly rubber. Jelly toys often contain phthalates. Those are plasticizers that contain known carcinogens. Phthalates in baby toys and pet toys and other products are carefully regulated by our government. But with the sex toy industry, they go absolutely unmonitored and unregulated. The sex toy industry, though, has cleaned up their act all on their own without being made to in recent years. There aren't nearly as many jelly toys out there now, but they are still available. And in addition to potentially causing cancer, they're known to give some people immediate reactions like rashes or infections or they get itchy. But other people that use them, they use them fine without obvious or serious incident whatsoever. So those in the sex ed, blogging, and reviewing communities have been advocating for manufacturers to use better materials, and they've been tirelessly educating the public about this. Now, aside from that, 
There are other sex toys. While they're not made of dangerous materials, you know, they're not carcinogens, nothing that's like really, really bad. They're still made from materials that are porous. Now, porous toys hold on to bacteria and can never be 100% sanitized. Now, if you hear of the materials TPR and TPE, those are some of the most common porous materials you'll find out there. They can do things like promote yeast infections or other bacterial infections in some users. But again, it's the some users thing. Other people use them all the time. Fuck the hell out of them. And they, they never have a problem. You never know who's going to have the issue. So it should also be noted that while toys made of non-porous materials like silicone, metal, or glass can last a lifetime, sex toys made of porous materials don't have an infinite lifespan and will need to be replaced eventually. So in this conversation, we refer to a series of tweets debating whether recommending putting a condom over these types of dangerous toys can help the problem, or if sex educators should instead just tell people to stop using these types of toys altogether. So, okay, all of this gets you up to speed on all of the background you need to know. And as you listen to our conversation, you're going to come to realize that the science of sex toy materials isn't even the main issue here. Uh, what we're really talking about is how we've come to treat each other through our activism and feminism, as well as the anti-blackness that sneakily and insidiously weaves its way into even the most liberal communities. Anyway, yeah, this conversation is a whole hell of a lot. If you're not familiar with Jiminika and Dirty Lola, let me tell you a little bit about them. So Jiminika Eborn is a queer media consultant, comprehensive sex educator, and sexual assault and trauma expert. She's the host of Trauma Queen, a podcast miniseries for survivors of assault and our allies. It's amazing, by the way, you have to listen to it. Uh, the podcast focuses on uplifting voices of all communities and exploring our collective journey to healing. Dirty Lola, she's a performer, edutainer, sex educator, and the creator and host of the live sex Q&A variety show and podcast, Sex at a Go-Go. During the last six years, she shared her distinctive brand of kick-ass body positivity and sex positivity and her personal journey into the kink and poly lifestyles on and off the stage. Okay, so before I roll that conversation... You know, there's going to be a couple of things I need to tell you. There's always things I need to tell you. First, did you hear about our April giveaway? Seriously, I know it's been a while since we've done a giveaway. I'm sorry, but we're making up for it. You can win one or two of five different toys in our latest Instagram giveaway. You can win toys from Cal Exotics. They are all silicone, by the way. I'm looking out for you now. Um, you can win them by visiting my Instagram, which is at tag Sunny Megatron. There's a contest post there. And if you're like, I can't. I don't know where the hell it is. Go to the show notes for episode 84 at americansexpodcast.com and I'll have a link right there. Or yeah, you can you know hunt down my Instagram page, Sunny Megatron, and find it. The picture has the word giveaway like in big caps across the bottom. So hopefully you can't miss it. 
what you do is you just follow the directions that I put in in the post, and which is like, you know, like my page, tag a friend, blah, blah, blah. And then you're entered to win once you do that. There's also a bonus prize for leaving us a podcast review. And all the details about how to do that are also in that Instagram post. We're going to draw the winners via random computerized selection on April 26th. So good luck. Okay, the second thing. I know you like sex podcasts. Obviously, you're listening, right? But do you listen to Holly Randall Unfiltered? You absolutely should. So this is a podcast series that sheds light on who's working in the adult industry. Hosted by world-renowned erotic photographer and director Holly Randall, she interviews some of the biggest names in adult, plus a few non-porn guests who touch on the subject of sex in one way or another. With an honest and humorous outlook on life, Holly strips away the misconceptions cast on people who work in the sex industry and offers sex-positive discussions around various social and political issues. So I'm going to play the trailer for Holly Randall Unfiltered after our guest conversation. So take a listen to that. And if you like what you hear, go check it out. Okay, lastly, you know what time it is. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I want to give a shout out to the folks that joined our Patreon family this week. Big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Zachary and Paul for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon supporters this past week. We truly appreciate your support so, so much. And really, we could not do this podcast without you. So thank you. So if you're wondering, okay, what the hell is all this Patreon stuff? Hop on over to patreon.com slash American Sex. There you can learn how to become an American Sex Podcast Patreon member. Not only does your membership help support this show, you get lots of awesome perks too, like bonus stories from our guests, extra full-length episodes, American Sex Podcast stickers, and wait, by the way, okay, I'm really excited. If you follow me on social media, you know why, because I just designed a brand new, quote, proud American fucker design that is going to be printed for our Patreon folks first as stickers really soon. And if you're like, whoa, I didn't see this, go hop on over to my uh, Instagram. There's a draft of this design that you're going to get really soon. I'm excited. Okay. Sorry, tangent. Anyway, you're going to get lots of other stuff like personal video greetings, random surprises in the mail, and a whole lot more and excitement over this new sticker design. All right, American fuckers, are you ready for a venti... Not, not venti like a large Starbucks venti, but like we're venting. We are venti. A venti calling shit like it is heavy, but also cathartic conversation. You get to be the fly on the wall, get into fly mode. All right, ready? Here we roll. Oh, wait. And one other thing. We mentioned the Lola decks. So I have a link to that in our show notes for episode 84 as well. And Dirty Lola has a list of marginalized sexuality educators on Twitter. It's a Twitter list. So that's what that is. So when you hear us talk about it, go to the show notes, find the link and go look for it. I totally just psyched you out. It's like you've been here before. This is like Groundhog Day. All right, you ready for the conversation for real this time? Here we roll. This has been an interesting, I don't even know, an interesting few days on social media. I'll put it that way. Would you agree? Yes. 
<laughs> I feel like Aries is in something right now because I want to punch everybody in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's. So I'll give the the quick little synopsis, and the synopsis isn't to be like. You know, I don't want to be like this person or naming names or making drama. It's more the the kind of the whole collective incident and what it represents on a larger scale. Right. Um, so discussion on Twitter uh, that uh, recommending if someone is going to use a toy that's deemed and I put this in finger quotes toxic, whether that's a jelly toy, whether that's a a porous toy um the debate, I guess you would call it, was, you know, we agree that sometimes people are going to do what they're going to do. And in order to reduce har- the potential of harm to a person using a toy that might be unsafe, put a condom on it because right. it's better than nothing. Right. The other side of the coin was, <gasps> No, how dare you recommend that somebody use a toy that could be less than safe? Um, that's bad and horrible. <laughs> so did, did right. I summarize it okay? That was perfect. Like, okay. Yes, and we're being reckless and putting people in harm's way. Well, and uh, to like even make it a little clearer, when other people chimed in to say like, hey – I like I don't see it this way this is what we're doing they immediately went to well you're hurting your marginalized clients by doing this so immediately it went from people in general to like marginalized and I think it was because somebody brought up like you know well there are folks who just can't afford it and like can't afford to go buy like an 80 90 dollar dildo that's a fucking bill and so this is a suggestion to make, well, you're hurting your marginalized clients. You're hurting the marginalized community. So I'm just looking at it like, who, who the fuck are you? <laughs> not marginalized. Yeah. Like you might be marginalized in some ways, but you are not, you know, at least you're not. I know this person wasn't, isn't a POC. Um, I don't know their financial status. Uh, so I'm not going to say it's not, but I also know they're reviewers. So they're not paying for this shit. They get this shit for free. Mm-hmm. So, and so. I'm like, I include myself in that. Like, I haven't bought a sex toy since, like, I don't know, 2000 and something. Because yeah. I Last sex toy I bought myself with jelly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I right. Totally and I fucked the shit out of that thing for years. I'm, I did. I mean, that was my life. So, right. yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Use so, it you became have. this thing. And because they brought up marginalized folks, this was where Ken had come in and said, listen, there's a lot of hardworking like POC and other people who just aren't here. So then there are POC who jump in and were like, well, who, would you, I, not all of us are poor. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Not everybody, not all POC are poor, but there are people who just don't have the funds to spend frivolously on toys. They wish right. they did, right. but let's realistically. Right. Yeah. And, it, and you know, to just kind of sum up for, for the listeners who were like, what's all this? I'm not going to follow this Twitter thread. The whole point of this wasn't, you know, like, we're not going to sit here and debate like the scientific, like, what sex toys are safe and what sex toys are not safe and what does toxic mean and what does safe mean? Like, that's irrelevant for the conversation we're having. Mm-hmm. The relevancy is, and I think, Lola, you, you know, after a whole lot of back and forth and the whole Twitter was like, um <laughs> you you brought up a real point and i was like yes i was slamming my dad like yeah called it you got it <laughs> was by and large and i 
I want to choose my words carefully because I don't want to sound like an asshole. And I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna sound like, because I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Okay. I think you should be your authentic self. Okay, my authentic self, as if nobody else was listening and it was just us. Um, by and large, the people that are, I call them dildo purists that only want you to use free range, grass fed organic <laughs> dildos. And if you use anything else that is absolutely horrible, um, you know, these people and these people, and I want to say these people because that sounds horrible. They have great blogs. They have mm-hmm. blogs, some of them that I refer other people to when I'm like, you really want to know about toys, you need to go see this person's blog. I'm not going to vilify, the, you know, these people without naming names like they're horrible. Da, da, da. But in this one instance, having to do with this one conversation, I believe they're very misguided that not everybody is who their demographic is, which is largely liberal, white, feminist queer grass-fed free-range dildo <laughs> vegans like you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know what i'm saying so yeah. there are other people in the world that have other needs and or they don't give a rat, a flying rat's fucking ass if their dildo is the purest that that it can be or not right. so you know and and our point of view is you got to meet those people where they're at right? and be like, hey, all right. You know, and this is what I tell people. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to go buy that jelly dildo anyway. Right. Okay. I, you know, that's your choice. It's your body. It's your choice. The most I can do is give you the ammunition to make an informed decision about your body to know, yes, that toy could make you itchy. It can make you feel stingy. It could have carcinogens in it. You know what? Some people fuck jelly dildos and they're fine. They never get itchy. They ne- You might be one of those people. But guess what? If you get itchy, maybe it's your toy. You know, right. maybe you need to put a condom on it. Or hey, if you want to prevent that, maybe you should put a condom on it before you get itchy. Or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's all you can do. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and one of my other... Like, cause you know, when shit like this happens, I never stop thinking about it. I don't think about the people, but I like <laughs> keep turn. I keep turning over matter. like the issues, right? Well, cause it's it's like they bring up like the thing is is they bring up good points, right. but it's the thing you said and what I said is that you're not thinking like you're not out here. You are not out here. You are home or wherever you are doing your reviewing, and that is so valid. But you're not out here. And Mm. I think one of the things that has been brought up by some of the POC reviewers who also have worked in sex shops is the fact that like much like food deserts, we have sex positive sex shop deserts, especially in city in cities. So in New York, yes, we have Babeland. Yes, we have Pleasure Chest. Yes, we have like Please and Shag and all of these little great places. But for every place that's a feminist woman run you know free range thinking about everybody trying to be inclusive sex shop there are 20 that are just like a hole in the wall that has Mm -hmm. a bunch of shit that they got for real cheap and they're in little pot and they're in neighborhoods and they're not in like gentrified neighborhoods they're in the neighborhoods that are like either on the cusp of being gentrified or not gentrified it at yeah. all so yeah. when you leave your house and you can go to the spot and get you're like looking through their stuff and and everything's like 40 and under mm-hmm. 
then when you go, if you happen to be in the neighborhood of Shag, and I've seen this happen, is they it's not even that maybe they don't have the money. They're like, listen, I can go to my spot by my house and get this for $15. And those people are not telling them about phthalates and they're not telling them about toxicities and they're not doing any of that shit. So they're like, how come when I'm at the spot, this is happening. But when I come over here to the bougie gentrified area of Williamsburg, y'all got shit in here that caused this and this and this. So me as a black person has to like look in their face and like, listen, here's what it is. And sometimes they smack their teeth and roll their eyes. And I've had that. I've literally had somebody been like, bitch, please. (laughs) And walk out. Because when they're like, you know, you're trying to sell me something because I'm in a setting. I'm in a gentrified neighborhood. I'm in a shop that is beautiful and well lit and we look a little bit bougie. Like if you've ever been in Chag. So when you're like, oh, you're expensive because you're bougie and not because this stuff is good for me. That's really hard. That's a really hard thing. And I get it. And so my moments have been like, listen, this is what this is. And I try to put it on the government. I'm like, you know, (laughs) things aren't fucking regulated. You know, they out here trying to kill us and shit. And people will sometimes listen to that. Because when you tell somebody like the government regulates dog toys and baby toys, but they don't regulate sex toys, they're like, what? And you're like, yeah. So sometimes I can pull people in, but I lose people sometimes. And like if my last fleeting words are like, hey, I get you. I get that like this is where you can spend your coins. At least please use the condoms that you, you know, would normally use on that toy when you're using it. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and believe that. And this is the kind of the claim that it felt like they were trying to make is that using a condom doesn't do anything to reduce contact with the toy. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, yes, I know people have done experiments, but you did experiments in your house. Mm-hmm. And you did experiments where, yes, you had a, a controls and you did all these things, but you're not giving me actual data about transfer and how much of a breakdown is happening, like numbers. So, yes, while I can see, like, the data from pictures and you're showing me condoms that, like, are falling apart a little bit, yes, but is it the same thing as using the toy raw? I don't know. And you don't know either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And and honestly, you know, we could debate all day whether it's it's does it do any sort of harm reduction to put a condom over it? In my opinion, yes. Well, I'm no scientist, right? Right. But Neither in are a they, way, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Also, they. though, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Let's say you put a condom on that toy and it doesn't do jack diddly shit, but it goes beyond that. It goes, you know, when you think about the psychology of education. I have now taken a person who is like, I don't care what I put in my body. I've never thought about toxins. I'm who the fuck cares. And you planted a little seed in their brain like, oh, shit, Mm -hmm. you know, this sex toy could it could impact me negatively. I'm gonna I am going to actually make a physical effort to get a condom and put this on my toy that sticks, Mm -hmm. because they might still be fucking that jelly dildo and that condom might not work. But you know what, a year from now, when they go buy a sex toy, they're going to think about, 
I better scrutinize my sex toys a little better because I've learned and it and it shows that I believe because I now put condoms on my toys, that these could hurt me. So I'm going to seek out a little bit more knowledge and make a better informed decision about the sex toy I buy next year or two years from now or three. It's a slow burn getting people to learn about these things and to actually change their habits based on what they're learning. And I think that's what these people are. It's just totally passing them by. Right. Yeah, well, and their and the their solutions are we have to change this the the like institutions and the systems, and I'm like, uh, okay. I mean, that, that would be nice. Not, yeah, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen tomorrow, and it's it's also not going to happen. And I'm gonna be shady and fucking petty. It's not happening the way you fucking do shit either. You sitting here and sniping at companies who don't pay you, but you're not sitting here right like really putting it balls to the wall for for all these other companies who are making jelly dildos and making that your platform sure if so you like make fun of people who don't want to pay you or want to pay you in their shitty product but where are you writing these like long meandering things about things needing to change are you writing to these companies and saying like we're starting to a collective to like of companies who are making this and we're going to put your names out as a collective as a blogger collective we're going to create a list and we're all going to post about you and about how you still make toxic toys who the fuck has done that no nobody right Right. they've written things about things being toxic and they've written about things people you should buy instead but where are we where's the blacklist where's the whole people accountable fucking hand dirty right yeah and and not trying to hold the consumers accountable right Hold, hold the company accountable right and you know there there's a couple things Um, One, I just have to say that, and this is kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent, maybe we can go off on the tangent a little bit later. But, you know, these attitudes about that's, you know, as I say, that's not a crass fed free range toy that you're using is really shaming Mm -hmm. to the consumer. And I know me as a sexuality educator, some of the I don't know, attitudes and language and you know, I was like, is it are these sex toy microaggressions? Maybe. Um, have actually shamed me, you know, like some of the things like, I read the blogger consensus about like rumbly toys are superior and buzzy toys are not superior That's and true. nobody's body should like buzzy toys because they're inferior and cheap and da, da, da. my body likes buzzy better. And me as a sexuality educator, and it's a pretty smart cookie. And, and very logical, my logical brain knows that's bullshit. But I still feel less than me, the sex educator mm-hmm. feels less than every time I read those reviews that that portray things that way. And I think there's a lot of language and there's a lot of attitudes that pass these these people by where they don't realize how it's coming off to other people. And it's actually shaming them. Or do they if I'm shamed? The average person is probably like, fuck these bitches, you know, (laughs) you know, that doesn't help any of the education. Like if I'm constantly feeling shamed and like, you're not actually talking to me. It's like when I talk to survivors or telling people to talk to survivors, talking, you know, talking to someone versus talking at someone, you're going to receive the information better. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think Lola, you brought up a great thing. You did a whole tweet thread and you brought up that this is a display 
of a white savior complex. Like, I am not going to let you have these toys because you are a poor, marginalized person. And, and there are so many environmental toxins in your life and you have things so bad that I'm going to at least protect you from these toxic <laughs> dildos. Right. And, you know, there, there's, there's a word, and I, I actually printed up the definition if people don't know this word, but it's paternalism which is the policy or practice on the part of people in positions of authority of restricting the freedom and responsibility of those subordinate to them in the subordinate's supposed best interest. So tell me how you feel about that. (laughs) I feel like, I mean, I think this is all that like under the surface, not the not aware part of of like classism racism all the fucking isms that we all do sometimes and then if we don't step back and look at like what we're fucking doing um it can be a thing like i've stopped being like oh you know some poc can't afford no there are a lot of people who can't afford shit it's not just brown people there are brown people who can fully afford shit (laughs) so let's stop just grouping but it's like let's it is about like, oh, this is a class, it's a pure class thing or people, or it's people just don't want to. You could have all the money and be like, I still don't want this. I still don't understand the value of it. And you're not helping me understand the value of it. And I think it's people not being aware of how they attack things. Like instead of going, how do I put this out here so that you can kind of get it and understand it? But then how do I let it go also? Because you have to Mm -hmm. let it go. You can't just keep like, oh, everybody's awful. And I'm like, yes, people make some awful choices when it comes to (laughs) to toys. (laughs) But I keep that shit to myself. And I tell my friends, like, you know, like, I'm not going to write an article about it. Right. Right. I'm like, ooh, this person. And they told me this thing. And I was like, ooh, Lord, please don't ever do that again. Um, I said it differently to them. But I'm like, ooh, yeah, maybe not. That's not the best idea. Or this is why. And I don't think they have that filter. And I yeah. don't and I don't think that there's a, a lot of awareness and there's a lot of I wanna I wanna be right or I, I'm the rightest or Yeah. I think that's a, there's a lot of that fucking happening. Yeah. Yeah. And it you know, to me it was interesting isn't the right word. Like yeah, we're all pissed off and it's so interesting. Um but it was it was interesting that you know, what started out as this, like, we're debating about science really blew open. And like, for us, we knew it, but I think it blew open for a lot of the people reading these threads, like, oh, shit, this isn't about science and toxic sex toys. This is about like white supremacy in the sex educator community and paternalism. And like, oh, holy shit, like people, there were a few people that were like, mind blown. Oh, my God. Do you use birth control? You know, like the pill, the ring, or the patch? Statistically speaking, there's a good chance your answer is yes. Approximately 40 million Americans of reproductive age are currently using a contraceptive method, but over 20 million lack reasonable access to something as basic and fundamental as contraception. And if things keep going the way they're going with our state of healthcare, that number could rise. This is why we've partnered with Simple Health. With Simple Health, you can get your birth control prescribed online and delivered to your door for free. Yes, for free. So stop. Stop everything. If you're going to remember any of the details I'm about to give you next, there's one. There's one really important one. It's this. 
Go to simplehealth.com slash sunny for your free birth control prescription. Okay, so I'm going to tell you how it works. You go to simplehealth.com slash sunny, fill out a health profile, and then answer questions about your body, your preferences, and your insurance situation. A doctor reviews your profile to make sure you're a good candidate for birth control and then recommends a product and writes your prescription. Then it ships to your door on a reoccurring schedule with no interruptions. And uh, you know how important the no interruptions part is, right? I can't tell you how many times I was on my last pack of pills, but had no idea. Then when I realized, I call my doctor in a frenzy, hoping that they'll write me a script for just one more month until I can get in for my appointment. And of course, they wouldn't. So I'd have to skip a month of my pills. And you know how that just like screws up your whole body, not to mention leaves the doors of the baby factory wide the hell open. So I know you can relate, right? Now, just to be clear, Simple Health isn't making their own birth control. No, they only prescribe trusted and vetted brands that you'd normally get at your doctor's office. The best part about Simple Health is they offer affordable care regardless of insurance. They do accept insurance, and luckily, birth control is free with most plans. Yep, that means you pay absolutely nothing to use this service every single month. And for those without insurance, pills start at $15 a month, so it's still super affordable and delivery is free for everyone. Scripts average about 20 bucks or so for those without insurance, but our listeners, yeah, you can try Simple Health for free. Just go to simplehealth.com slash sunny or enter my code sunny, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. There are so many barriers to obtaining birth control, you know, lack of insurance, financial resources, time, or even easy access to a doctor, and they no longer have to hold you back from obtaining the care you need. Now, speaking of care, I do want to mention that this isn't a replacement for routine evaluations by your doctor. You should still get your health checkups but this is the most convenient and comfortable way to get your birth control. Again, don't miss your chance to try Simple Health for free. Go to simplehealth.com slash sunny or just enter my code sunny at checkout. If you're a birth control taker, this is going to save you a ton of time and money. And if you're not, please tell someone in your life about Simple Health. And so, and now that this this has come up, and and a lot of people were just like, I did some posts, like I have had it with all this white supremacy in the in the, or no, was it uh, not white supremacy? Um, white feminism that mm-hmm. that the white feminism in the the sex educator community, and you know, for people listening along, when when we say white feminism, we're not like you're white and you're a feminist, so fuck you. That's not what it means. <laughs> um, no. It's kind of it's a collective attitude that. Women in their, you know, feminist actions and principles basically are looking out and paying attention to the issues that pertain to people like themselves who are white and aren't intersectional or they say they're intersectional, but they have really no fucking idea what that actually means. It sounds um, yeah, exactly. It's a good catchphrase. I'm an intersectional feminist. Really, are you? So that's what we mean when we say white feminism. But so this comes up and then Jim and Nika, something else comes up uh, under the same umbrella, under the same theme. So what's going on 
with you. Um, it's not the first time it's happened. But so I tend to focus my sex ed work on working with sexual assault survivors, because a lot of people don't. And also people aren't trained to do it. Um, and I've been doing it for fucking 11 plus years now, with multiple years of education and degrees. But every time I try to charge someone, people get like a big hoopla about it. Um, which is so funny to me because people put out stuff all the time that they don't really know and they just Googled and put something together. We see you. Um, but for <laughs> me, like this time, I put out a magical box with Kink Kit uh, to support survivors and their partners. And it was, it's a box that's priced at $94. And it's great, by the way, and there will be a link in the show notes. Oh, so, so keep much. going. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's a great box. And people are like, well, you're just giving away like a little vibrator and two things loop. I'm like, did you actually look at it? Also, mm-hmm. I just see people put out shit all the time. You're like, oh my God, this is so great. But me as a black queer woman, you have come at me more than once about actually doing some work and actually helping people that I'm actually trained to do, unlike some of you other folks. But you don't say anything to them. And you're mad because that's all you saw, but didn't ask any questions. And then my favorite part is when you accidentally see the conversations about you because they don't at you. That was real cute. Mm. But we always see you. Like, I don't understand what the problem is because... I, my manager went off also was like, I do a lot of free shit every day. Like I, y'all know I do a lot of free mm-hmm. shit. Oh, and God, the yeah. Very few times I charge for something, maybe twice just to the public besides going and traveling and stuff. People are like, Oh my God, but why? Like, why does it cost that much? I'm like, this is an ongoing box that you can keep forever for $94 for you and your partner. It's a starter box. Like it helps you versus like someone just being like, you should support survivors. And that's what I call being a better accomplice versus an ally, which a lot of people are and are just talking about doing better things or just, oh, that sounds cute. Yeah, I support survivors versus I've created something that can actually help you in your bedroom so you can reach those goals. But people have a problem with it and it's pissing me off. It's like... (laughs) Look, we live in a capitalist society. As much as people hate it or love it, you got to fucking buy your groceries and 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 pay your rent. I mean, if you were to go to a therapist because oh you wanted to address your sexual assault issues, how many hundred dollars are you paying an hour? Right. But Jim and Nika can't make a kink box that's going to last forever. That's if under a hundred bucks. But also, but if people like ask, yes, but also if people ask, there's a week of free therapy in the box. How about that? There's like a deep discount to my classes in there. How about that? So it's more, the worth of the box is beyond $94, but the people never asked and are looked. Right. That's the problem. And again, it was a lot of um, these lovely same folks that had a problem with y'all. And I said, oh, y'all just got a lot of free time. How do you have so much free time? Teach me your ways. I want some free time. I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah. Shit. Like, yeah. And that, I mean, and that's why I went off. I, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, we, this is happening as well. Like, no. Oh, and I see this, but I see this a lot. Like anybody automatically, but this is along the same vein. It's like, why are survivors automatically poor and can't pay for shit? Hello? 
I'm a survivor. This box would be amazing and it's worth it. It's like totally worth it. This is cheaper than go- for fucking going to therapy right now. And it's for two people or more. <laughs> and it's for two people. Right. You and your partner can split it. Hey, boo. Listen, this is the thing. Would you let's get this because I think this would help us deal with some some issues. And it also makes it really clear that people don't understand survivor survivorship and like the levels that people are at in their survivorship. Mm -hmm. And like there are people who are at a level where they're like, you know, I'm healing and this is part of my healing, but I'm further away from my things. Mm -hmm. So I don't need like everything doesn't have to be free. I'm not having this moment of being like you know, in a corner shaking and I don't have resources. Like not everybody is in that place. This is for people who are like, ooh, I'm at this spot with my partner and I could use some help because of my past trauma. Right. This would be amazing. It's it's almost like, like you were talking about, like the savior complex, almost by proxy. Like, look at these poor, helpless survivors that just can't do anything and don't have any money and you should just help them. Right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but also the fact that Dominica has been helping them and that's the shit that makes me angry is for all these articles they fucking write and all the time a bunch of them spend on their shit do you really look and look at your the other folks in your industry and really read about their work and I know some of them do I get really nice emails from so, some people who are like hey I see you doing things I just want to say I appreciate you and like that to me is always like wow okay thank you like that makes me feel good that you you see what I'm doing and they're in that blogger community but then there are folks who you're like I can tell that you don't fucking do anything outside of your little bubble Mm -hmm. and you're not reading anything because if you just go to jim's website it says all the fucking things the box itself if you look at the promo that's out it actually shows you what's in the box what's in the box in the box like the physical items that are in the box so it's like did you even look at the picture or read any of the copy that comes with it like you clearly didn't you just knee-jerk got angry you saw survivor you saw box and decided to just be a bitch about it i'm also mad that it took me to go off on a rant to be like how dare you question me when you don't question other people if you want to know my receipts yes i actually went to school to be a therapist and chose not to yes i'm working on another degree yes i've been working in the field more than a lot of therapists have ever stepped in the room so get the fuck out of here I think that's what really pissed me off. Because, I mean, I'm very quiet most of the time until. And we have now reached the until. And Mm -hmm. you you won't like me when I'm angry. And now suddenly (laughs) you're the angry black woman. What the hell is wrong with you? God, she flies off the handle. I did it very eloquently, you know. (laughs) I went to that silent retreat. It got my my tongue tightened up. But but it's just ridiculous that people. I've seen people's classes that they put on. And I'm like, for okay, well, what? All right. Well, do you boo? And I don't question it. People want to buy that. That's fine. But why are you so upset that we've created a like a blessing for people? And I wouldn't put my name on anything that wouldn't actually help survivors. Like it's literally curated in different levels so people can expand their connection with their partners. Like what? Who else has that? I'll wait. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cute. That's what I thought. Right. So, okay. I was thinking like, 
you know, there are a lot of like we were saying the the intersectional feminist buzzword that everyone seems to have on their Twitter profiles and their that it's like, really, you don't know what that means. Um, another kind of hot, I don't even know, but buzzword buzz phrase is, I see it a lot of conferences, you'll see a session on like decolonizing sexuality or decolonizing sex ed, and people go to these sessions, and they feel all great about themselves. But, you know, and I was thinking it's like, there, there has to be like, I don't know, like a decolonizing the sex blogger, you know, sex educator community. And I don't even know how that would start or what that would look like. So what are your thoughts on on some of that? I think, I mean, (laughs) I love your, (laughs) get ready. (laughs) I mean, I honestly feel like people have to realize that their shit stinks first, right? Like you have to look at yourself and see like how you need to evolve. I'm not perfect. I still have many areas that I need to evolve on, but I understand that I'm doing the work versus like, well, I'm not, that's not my focus. Yes. My focus is trauma, but also I'm like, let me learn more about kink because these type of people will also come to me. Let me learn more about these types of things because these people will come to me. Let me know more about trans individuals and non-binary because those people will come to me. So that means I have to stop looking at just myself and be like, I need to do this work. And a lot of people don't want to get their head out of their own asses to look at what other people are doing and or who may come, who may show up in their room. Mm -hmm. They don't care. Mm -hmm. So you have to want to do that before you can actually be like, within like with taking the information that's being provided to you because we can have these rants and arguments all day but they go back to their back channels which again we see you um Mm -hmm. and then they continue the conversation like just because you didn't at me don't mean i can't see it like you're you're still not you're still pushing back on the even the work that we're trying to give you which is more free labor you're welcome but it still is just not received so they have to want to receive it that's it that's all i have Mm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i don't i i mean this is like the bigger problem to i say like sex sex industry stuff period it's everybody i don't say everybody loosely but think people are like so sequestered in their bubbles and when you and those who venture out have a much wider understanding and birth of things and also see how things aren't really that different (laughs) in the different little, you know, groups and sex, instead of just immediately going like, oh, sex educators, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what are you doing? Like, where where have you shown up? I haven't seen you at my shit. So you're telling me what sex educators always do, quote unquote, what how we teach the information we give. Where the fuck have you been? I haven't seen you at one show. I haven't seen you in NAM uh, workshop. I haven't seen you anywhere, but you putting my name in your mouth. And by name, I mean what I do. And you're you're painting all of us with this broad brush. And I'm like, if you have one particular person that you've heard treat things in a certain way, Call that motherfucker out. Stop putting my my name in your mouth because that's what you're doing when you say sex educator. You're talking about all of us. And that's why I got, when I went off, I was just like, hey, you know, when I give that one tip, that tip is a part of the like whole conversation I've sat and had with somebody. It's a part of all this other information I'm disseminating. Right. It's, it's not one thing. And to not give credit to that. And then the backpedaling that happened when we were having the conversation. Well, I know you would. And I'm like, ah, it's nah, other people. Shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you didn't know shit. When you said it, you meant all of us. Right. You didn't know shit. Or you would have had more couth and how you spelled your shit out. 
Yeah. You had none. And this is not unusual. They do this. The collective, they do this a lot. Yeah. They do so like this the, a lot. The assumption basically was, you know, oh, if you're telling these people, put a condom on something and maybe that's not the safest thing, you're, you know, the, the, the attitude was like, you're taking away their agency by not informing them that this might not be safe. You're just portraying putting a condom over something as being 100% safe. And like, nobody said that. Nobody right. said we weren't having the conversation like, you know, this isn't the most ideal situation. However, if you're gonna do it anyway, Which you may want to try doing that, you know, and some people may say, well, you know, that's the nature of social media and trying to have conversations in 240 characters. Is that really the nature of social media? Or is that the nature of people jumping to assumptions or just assuming that we're clueless? Like, the, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's sensationalism as well. It's like, what's going to get people to pay attention to this thing I'm saying? What's going to start conversation? Like half the time I'm like, yeah, uh, did you, did you say this? Cause you really want to like spark some conversation or are you saying this? Cause you want to get a rise or you want to like have a thing. But then when people are coming to the conversation and the, and the, way you want to talk to people is to like discount their identities as oh the reason they can talk about something and i'm and i'm you know like this goes back to ken and i said everything ken said <laughs> and and then he said i said that and she's like yeah but you're white and i'm like ah nah son yeah here's so, what you're doing by saying he's not allowed to say that stuff you're saying that this information somehow isn't right so when i say it as a black woman you've already said this white man <laughs> This white cis man can't like, so how are people going to take what I'm saying seriously if you're already discounting what he's saying and he's at the top of the pyramid in a lot of cases. So you're not doing me any fucking favors by doing that. So now what, what is the situation? You know, so like, okay, Ken white cis man is like, Hey, harm reduction, blah, 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 blah. No, you can't say that for your white cis man. Then you come harm reduction, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, Lola, great, thanks. And <laughs> and you responded to something, you know, the effect of like, you know, yeah, there are often times that white cis men need to fucking learn to stay in their lane and shut the fuck up. Fair. However, this is not one of those times. Right. So why wasn't that one of those times? And then like how can if 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 they're white cis men listening or or white cis women <laughs> looking on who are gonna you know call you out and be like you can't say that um when can a white cis man say something and when they can't when can't they well because this issue is a people issue it's not it it's not necessarily like a black issue or a queer issue or a, it's a it's just a people issue. It's about information we're giving. So for him to just spell out facts that, hey, you know, we're doing harm reduction work. He's not sitting here trying to, like, speak for brown people or speak for queer. He's just saying, like, listen, for people who are going to do this, this is the, like, our last dish ditch effort to keep them safe now if he was trying to say like black women blah 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 or or talking specifically about a marginalized group and why that marginalized group you know blah this is that that would be like maybe a a point where no like that's not really your lane to talk about this because you don't really have you know this is just not your your identity to speak on like i would never talk about the needs of disabled folks 
never, I'm never going to get up on a platform and start talking about what disabled folks need, what, what we need to do better. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to refer to some other disabled folks. I'm going to support what they have to say, but I'm not going to be over here talking about what other folks who are not my identity need. That's not my lane. That's a lane I don't belong in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's in the moment of the problem with white feminism and with folks who take allyship to the to the nth degree and get real extra with it with other white people is like sometimes y'all don't y'all are just knee jerking to everything. You don't know when to stop. You don't know when you're actually causing a problem because right. you're trying to be such a hero. You're trying to be such a like, uh, I want all the cookies. I want all the pats on the back that you're just, you're fucking up. Yeah. You're making problems. I didn't ask you to do this work and this ain't even work. You're making problems for me. You're making shit harder because now we have to have a whole conversation. Now I, as a black woman, are jumping in and having to like choose my words so I don't look like I'm like being like don't bother the white man i'm like no you're making this hard for people and for the accomplices we do have who are out here being real accomplices you're out here like burning them out with your faux activism that's not doing favors right and it's tricky and it's tricky and it's something i don't think people have taken the time to learn it's like my one example is this was in a friend chat and somebody, one of the friends found of a, a painting and it was of, of a black woman lifting up in a tennis outfit shown from behind, lifting up her skirt and like touching her butt. Mm-hmm. And then the immediate reaction from some folks was like, that's so racist. <laughs> and so I was like, ah, that really looks like the style of a black artist that I've seen before. I don't think it's racist. And so I took to Google. Not only did I find out who the artist was, but I found out that it was a homage to a popular photograph that was taken in the 70s that was a white woman in the same pose that apparently was this big pop culture thing in the 70s and 80s and this black artist had just taken it and done an homage using a black woman and Mm -hmm. so i was like y'all are so quick to just be like this is racist yeah oh my god and i'm like it but it but it's not and if you took a moment and did your research before you yell. And I think this is that kind of case is like, I'm going to take stuff for face value, yeah, which is a, a white man saying the words marginalized or POC. And I'm going to immediately tell him he's not allowed. Right. To speak. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it, that you bring that up that everyone's so quick to like point the fingers and use the words. And, uh, you know, an example, just general, I saw somebody said something and somebody responded back. Um, I appreciate what you're trying to say, but that's totally ableist. And, you know, I'm no expert. But when I was reading it, I was like, that didn't actually seem ableist. But, you know, who who am I? And so the person responded back the same way, like, no, I actually wasn't. And then the response back was, well, I'm not an expert in ableism, so I don't really know. But, you know, a tweet ago, you were like, ableist, ableist, ableist. Everybody, ableist. But and I'm like, like, well, maybe, maybe you should have said that to yourself before you screamed ableist. And, you know, I just. But then if a person, a, a disabled person, or would have said something and it was them had made the faux pas, how much backpedaling or defensiveness would have come out of their mouths? Right. And that's the other side of that. It's like, 
you want to throw all these other white people under the bus, but when a person of a marginalized group calls you out, so much defensiveness. I'm just trying to be on your side. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, you don't this appreciate voice, me. This throwback yeah. voice you keep bringing to me. This is what I hear when people do that shit. They yeah. start. How dare you? Negress, you can't <laughs> talk to me like that. I'm just trying to be your friend. She's like Jessica Tandy all of a sudden. I hate you. Oh, God. I hate you. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, now you're going to hear it whenever somebody <laughs> You ruined shit. it. <laughs> Listen, it just makes it better and easier to deal with if you hear Jessica Tandy's voice when people are getting defensive about uh, all kinds of shit. That's fucking amazing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, and to also say, like, again, it's like all these people and all their allyship right but how many of them are accomplices you as you can tell i'm really trying to push this change because an accomplice actually does some work and actually does the research and actually stands in front of people physically versus just yelling on the back end so you're just yelling Mm -hmm. without any actual research you're draining that's it you're draining (laughs) so all right to wrap this up i want to leave with like some things that people can do. I know Lola, you have your Lola decks of um, sex educators of color. And I highly encourage if you're listening and you're, you know, sexuality educator, or you're just consider yourself, you know, like a, a geeky sex positive person who's entrenched in this life, follow some of those people and start really just reading and absorbing and maybe not even interacting, but just kind of you know, as we said, breaking out of your own bubble that you've surrounded yourself with. It's but, all, and it's marginalized identity. So I have disabled folks. Oh, okay. I have queer folks. It's like whoever's doing work mm-hmm. in an area and, uh, or intersections of their identities, just it's, it's in there for people to go in and, and look around and follow new people. So for, for other people listening along going, oh, shit maybe I've been an asshole. Uh, what else can they do? I mean, you can to also stop just... being maybe a little being an asshole. I mean, <laughs> do your own research. Like stop depending on everyone else to do all the work for you. Like, again, what is one of my favorite things to say? My Google works like your Google boo. And they're both free. <laughs> they're both free. Like if yeah. you have a question, how about you ask Google first or before you start to like respond back, maybe open another tab, keep that open and be like, oh, they're actually right. Let me look first before I just start opening my mouth, which can mm-hmm. save all of us a lot of time and energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've learned I'm a petty bitch. Yes, I have no I have a T-shirt that says it. <laughs> I, do I have too. no qualms about my pettiness. <laughs> Why don't I have a petty bitch T-shirt? Uh, I need yeah. one. Well, right. we, we'll see if we can find it. OK, but I've learned when I see stuff that sets off my petty, I know I don't immediately tweet like and I tell people this all the time. Y'all think that when I go off that I am just heading to it. I go look at things. I go back through tweets. I go look at other shit. I go look at people's websites. I go look at other stuff. I fact check and then I go off because the last thing I need is to go off and for somebody to be like, but that's not even how it is. And if you would have read like two tweets before that, you'll see that this is just a continuation of a thread. And it's like, oh, bitch, you're right. Now it's fucked up. That's what people need to do is think before you think before you tweet through before you write. Think before you say stuff. Also, get yourself some friends that aren't on fucking line who you can text your petty shit to. <laughs> because especially in this industry, I'm not. And, you know, how much shit do we talk? We talk. I talk truth. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. 
true shit. We talk <laughs> I hate true shit. I hate you. But, so but we keep it amongst ourselves. Like when we have stuff, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of people I don't like. There's a lot of shit I don't like, but I'm like, you know what? Who's it serving? Is it going to really make a change? Am I just being real like, oh, about somebody because I just don't like them? I don't go online and get all vague and say shit about people who I know are going to read it unless I want them to see it. When you see what I'm writing and it looks real vague and no name, but you know who I'm talking about is because I wanted you to know and I wanted them to know. And then it eventually gets me blocked by that person and I don't care. So this is, but this is the thing. It's like, I feel like, I don't know if these people even had the wherewithal to know, like, you know, we see this, we see it and we see your ignorance and all you're doing is getting on my side eye list, which means I'm passing you over for opportunities. I'm not going to, if you're on something, I'm not going to want to work with you. I, there's plenty of times I've said, I don't want to be a part of this project. That's my first question. Who else going to be there? No, thank you. Mm -hmm. Who else is here? Oh no, sorry. And then you know what happens if they really want me, you don't ask me. They'll say, Oh, Oh, why don't you want to work with that person? Oh, let me get you my side eye file for the, on why. And then sometimes you get removed from things. So, and I'm just going to say it's happened (laughs) because (laughs) if you're shitty, yeah. Don't be shitty online because if you give me receipts, believe me, I save them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think this has been cathartic. I, it has kind of for <laughs> me. I'm fine. sort of like I'm 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 a is there like a we need to make a word a cross between catharsis and still really fucking pissed off. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm present. That's, a, that's <laughs> okay. I'm present. Pre- pressed and yeah. present. Pressed yeah. and present. Well, thank you. So where? Okay, so kink kit, I'm gonna have uh, in the show notes. Also, your fucking amazing and mad I add absolutely free podcast trauma <laughs> queen, Jiminica, uh, you know, because like, you're such a fucking capitalist, and you charge for everything, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, God, I'm, I'm a petty bitch. I need the t shirt, man. Uh, <laughs> We'll Where can we find all your stuff, Jiminica? Uh You can find everything at traumaqueen.love and all the social medias at Jiminika, J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A. And Lola, what about you? You can find all the things. Follow me on Twitter at Dirty Lola. That's where you see all the shit that's going on. And, <laughs> and on Instagram. Um, and if you want to know about my show, Sex at a Go-Go, follow sexatagogo.com. Um, when you go to the website, you can sign up for our newsletter so you get the what to do about what's happening. And yeah, those are my things. I also have a kink kit coming out, but it's not as fantastic as Chips. Oh, cool. Don't, don't downplay yourself. That's rude. Well, no, it's a different kind of fantastic. There you go. It's going to be, it's it's a different kind of fantastic. But that'll Sweet. be in the summer, so. Sweet. I'll let you know about that. And you have a bunch of other really cool projects going on. I have so much happening. Keep keep your eyes open for the TV, like online. I have a, I don't know what to call it, like an online miniseries thing happening that'll be happening on New York Magazine, The Cut, that's getting released probably next week or the week after. Ooh. Um, I know. Um, so that's happening soon. I don't know. I'm doing I'm doing so much. I'm doing so much and I'm like, but I don't know, can I talk about it? 
am I allowed to talk about it right That's now? That's fair. I don't know. Oh. I, wait. I, I well, also we'll forget about most of the things until people are like, why didn't you tell well, me? Uh, well, I was busy doing something else. Here it is now. <laughs> or we I was busy the working contract. on the next, yeah, the I next secret the project. contract yet, and they didn't give me my money, so I'm not talking about it. <laughs> Hello. Where's my coins? Well, yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much. I enjoyed it. And hopefully sh- shit will get better and people stop being bitches. Yeah, I called you bitches. I don't even care anymore. Oh, no. So. At and if peace. this isn't about you, if you aren't this person, I just want to say then we're not talking about you. Exactly. This if you reacted like, she just called me a bitch, that's because you are one then. Right. <laughs> if you haven't done this, if you were a blogger and you catch fine. this and you haven't done this, this isn't about you. Because yeah. it's not all of you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you. All right, everyone. Yay. Thanks, y'all. Okay, bye. bye. Hey, guys. I'm Holly Randall, and I am an erotic photographer, director, and producer. I started a podcast called Holly Randall Unfiltered, where I interview the biggest names in the adult industry. My goal with the show is to show the world what the adult industry is really like and what really happens behind the scenes, what these porn stars are actually like as people, not just as performers, and show the world this is a real job. We actually take it seriously. And we have a lot of fun doing it at the same time. So make sure that you tune in to Holly Randall Unfiltered. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, you name it. And come learn what the porn industry is actually like. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.